It's the Lensless Podcast, and it's show 120. Just me this week, and the lovely Steve Lloyd from Chroma Cameras. We do touch on his other lensed-type options, but uh, to be honest, we were really just interested in talking about his pinhole offerings. Apologies for the break in recording, but... uh, I've put a link in to join the two parts together, so enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Lenses Podcast. It's show 120, the large, not the large format, um, format, the medium format format show. <laughs> so it's just me and, uh, and, and the lovely Steve Lloyd. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, so Steve's joined us today. Steve, for those of you who don't know Steve, or know what he does, Steve is the man behind Chroma Camera, and Chroma Camera started a few years ago now, and with a <laughs> probably Kickstarter, I want to say, or possibly it Indiegogo. Was, yeah, in, or, or, in 2018, yeah. Twenty oh, 2018, it, it seems longer ago. <laughs> it feels longer ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve made uh, a very successful launch after leaving his uh, his job with uh, in the car industry and started making cameras well he started making large format cameras and the chroma camera was born and if you go to steve's website chroma camera you'll see how it's mushroomed since then steve you're making all sorts of things aren't you most of them seem to involve uh, fitting a mamiya press lens onto something <laughs> uh, that, that's certainly one of them that um yeah i do make a range of formats now so if you i know we, we're here we've got you on to talk about your pinhole stuff but the, the i do recommend listeners you go and check out steve's website because you know there aren't there aren't many people or there weren't many people making new cameras these days and uh, steve you know 3d printing has changed the well, it's not just 3D printing, but that's that sort of home manufacturing has changed the uh, environment, hasn't it, for cameras? Definitely, yeah, massively. Um, you know, small manufacturers like like myself um, just don't have the budget to do you know large scale manufacturing things like injection molding. So it's always been very difficult. You know, you've got very traditional manufacturers with you know, woodworking, which are lovely cameras, but um, 3D printing does give give a lot more options and for me it, it gives the options for development as well i've got i've got drawers full of former sort of beta ideas and development builds and <laughs> sort of projects that never made it and i always keep them all and sort of look, I, I look back on them all the time and kind of looking oh great, maybe i can take that piece off and put it here and um but yeah the 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 you know the option of 3d printing it is a massive benefit and i know i think the biggest challenge is changing um some people's minds on oh 3d printing it's going to be plastic it's going to be rubbish you know it's going to be brittle and like all materials it's how parts are combined really so i i use a lot of laser cut materials as well and um steel and acrylic to match alongside the 3d printed parts so um i yeah, think the, a... i think when it comes to the large large format uh camera offerings steve mm-hmm. you're, you're now making um, field type cameras, different yep. types of field cameras, the um, more basic one, and then the technical one 
which name the name I've forgotten. The one that's, that's the carbon adventure. Carb, carbon adventure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you you branched out into handheld uh, snap, what's called the snapshot that's, camera. Yep. And they're all really really clever. Uh, and I think you know folks entering the market for large format gear. Um, you know they've got a choice, haven't they? They can go and mm-hmm. buy something on the second-hand market. You know something that's probably still well built, like you know, some yeah. of the to- Toyo offerings mm-hmm. or some of the wooden Chamonix, which are still made. You know, often quite a bit more money than you know the likes of yeah. you or Intrepid and those sort of people. Um, but I think the benefit of, go- of buying from someone like you is, of course, you're you've got time on your side. You're not going anywhere. I don't think so. And you, you've got, yeah, you've got great after sales. And if you, anyone's got any problems, I, kn- I know that you respond really yeah. quickly and, and really well. So, you know, so that's, um, that's the benefit of that. And people have to get used to, you know, handling and using these new types of materials, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think the more people that sort of try them out, I think that that's got to help. And I, I think something I was talking to, um, who's aid from 2016, a little while back and he's, mm-hmm. He's recently bought one of my six twelves, the sort of newer medium format camera systems. So that's a that's one of your systems. There's a six twelve and a six nine, nine. is it? Yeah. So this is a, a printed body. It that is. You, yeah. Yeah. That you um, that loads with roll film, presumably. It is. Yeah. They're both medium format. So, mm-hmm. but the obviously the two versions, the six nine is is a native six by nine. The six twelve is six by twelve. But and when... what, what? Sorry, I know you're going to. Think, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious about those cameras. Mm-hmm. What what, uh, what lenses do you put on those? Um, basically, as you were saying before, you, I I offer um, they they have removable lens cones, mm-hmm. sort of interchangeable cones, so you can basically fit anything from a 47 mil Schneider large format lens up to I generally say up to about a 150 the large format lens is this sort of is camera and um, you know the longer lenses you put it's a bigger cone and it gets from heavy so, but you, you can also mount mamia press lenses on it as well so the the ideal lens i guess i know the one you use on your snapshot mm-hmm. and i guess would also be on a would certainly cover six by nine i probably yes yeah, six twelve as well would be that a super angular f six yeah. point three is that right uh is the, that it's the 5.6 i 5.7 mil yeah um yeah, I mean, I that, I love that on the six twelve. It it it's a lens that doesn't really have a big enough image circle for a lot of movements on large format. It's mm. uh, you know, I've I've know people who use it with six twelve backs on snapshots. Um, yeah. But on the on the on my six twelve system, it, it's great because it's tiny. It's the cone is essentially flat. So that, mm. that was why I designed the cameras that to be the widest lens because um, I wanted to use my lens on it. <laughs> um, so that gives a really kind of slim profile camera, but still gives me the nice wide negatives then. Yeah. So you're saying, sorry to divert no, you right. off down, uh, aid from the Sunny 16, he's bought a 612. He's got a 612, yeah, because he, he first tried it when um, we went down to Coventry for mm-hmm. a day. For a I know, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was meant to come, but I couldn't. Ah, it. right. But it was, good, it was a great day and I, I took, So I took a beta camera with me, um, mm-hmm. and I sort of tried it out. And Graham ended up shooting the whole. Took it off me, it disappeared. But um, one thing I said was that it feels like a finish. 
things like I always um, fit a, a skin on my cameras. So like a traditional camera has a you know a leather skin or a Vulcanite mm-hmm. skin, I always fit a, a grippy vinyl skin on it. So I I don't want my cameras to feel plasticky. If that makes sense, you know I've. Yeah. And I want my camera to feel like a, a finished camera. So it was really nice for someone who hadn't seen the camera before to get that impression. Um, so that's something I always aim with all my cameras. I don't mm-hmm. want them to look like a 3D printed camera. Um, so, um, but yeah, so they're, they're a, a slight tangent away from large format, the the sort of the six cameras, as I call them. Okay, so... If you, if folks listening want to go and find out more about the six twelve and the six nine, they can go mm-hmm. to your website, Chroma Camera, uh, just Chroma dot Camera, Chroma dot Camera, or if you just type in Chroma Camera, yeah, you'll, you'll probably find it. you'll find it. <laughs> and, and also uh, Instagram and all the usual. All yeah, the same so I'm, I'm sure I'm sure most of you are very, more than familiar with Chroma Camera, and you can always reach out to Steve and give him a bell, and he'll talk you through. Any questions Definitely. you've got? So pinhole then. Yep. What? What? Have you? Have you always had an interest in pinhole? No need to lie. Um, or, <laughs> or is it just a a commercial opportunity you spotted? <laughs> Do you know what? I've I've built a few pinholes over the years. Um, before Chroma became Chroma, I used to build kind of one-off custom cameras um, mm-hmm. for myself and for other people. And I did build a couple of pinholes, um, sort of medium format, I'll take five mil. Uh, I never did any large format, um, dedicated cameras, but all all of my field cameras come with a pinhole lens board as well. With the uh, my original intention was that you know people getting into large format could go and shoot some film straight away without yeah. needing a lens. That was why I've always included a pinhole board with all my cameras, um, field cameras. So, um, but I'd never made one sort of a, a dedicated pinhole on, under the chroma banner, if you like. Yeah. Um, so that was why I, I decided to to design the, the baby cube, the first one. Okay, so uh, tell, tell us about the baby cube and, and what yeah. the... Te- I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the design challenges and mm-hmm. what's um, what's clever about it. Yeah, you know, sure. What, I mean, I've it, when I first saw it, I thought, "Whoa, this should be in the design museum." You know, I thought it just looks beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm put off by 35 millimeter, I have to say, but that's just yeah. that's just personal choice because no, you fine. never get to the end of the <laughs> roll. Yeah. I nearly said something there. <laughs> it, it does feel a bit like that. It's, um, but I think yeah. So the the design sort of basically when I first designed the cube which was i started last summer i started sort of work on a few sketches i'm always designing something yeah and i think lots of people think that you know there's always something new and that we were saying you know i've got a drawer full of development cameras and ideas and half built as in testing shutters interlocks and shutters yeah i want to talk to, I want to, talk to you about shutters <laughs> yeah, before I let you go. <laughs> <laughs> and lenses next that's my next one um but um yeah so i, I did a few sort of early designs for the cube mid-summer just sort of sketches and sort of playing about and i use um i used to go fusion so it's all 3d cad design so I, I i save a lot of designs in that um is, is that the same software that simon forster uses because like when simon first got simon for listeners mm-hmm. you you'll you may know simon but he's my co-captain on the large format photography podcast or one of my co-captains and uh, i know he does some now he does some 3d printing for you um, yeah. But he he, start, he started off fairly 
recent. I mean, recently, mm-hmm. didn't he? I mean, a couple of Christmases ago, he bought himself a three D printer, and suddenly he's created a you know pr- <laughs> pretty impressive business. He's got his own little print house now. He he does the bulk of my printing now. Right. Um, basically, uh, the issue with three D printing really is time. Obviously, yeah. printed parts take quite a lot of time to print. There's a, a bit of a balance between speed and quality. So, you know, for example, a snapshot, the, the main body in a snapshot takes about nine hours to print. So wow. yeah, the grip's then another. I was never, I never wanted to be in the position of having my own print house. So um, hmm. I've always looked at, out, at outsourcing the print jobs. I've had three printers, but so, um, so the beauty with Simon, I, I, I've known Simon a long time, but he he can run all my prints off quickly. Like he's, I've just received a box of um, twenty snapshots ready for the next batch. Um, yeah, I saw that on I saw that on Inst- Instagram, and, and yeah. he also he shared pictures of the of the kits, which we'll talk about in a minute. And yes. I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because he's a buddy, uh, and, and I'm not surprised, but they just look really good. You know, Thank you. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing rough and ready about them, are there? <laughs> there's nothing rough and ready about no. them. That's a sure thing. Never. I'm never one for releasing a kind of half, half the product. No, no. But yeah, so getting back. Yeah, sorry. Just lost you there a bit, Steve. Oh, just sorry. So, uh, just, similar tool. Sorry, to, hang on, Steve. I just lost you there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I had sketches in. in. There you go. Uh, you did <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll get there. there so, right so you're talking about the CAD software, I think, weren't you? So really sorry about that. Um, I don't think it's Anchor Gremlins. We certainly haven't had those for a long time. I think it's just. Uh, Steve's dodgy internet connection but we did get him back so um, sit tight and uh, part two coming straight up hey I'm back again got you back I don't know what happened I'm sorry about that don't worry it's no no good when when listeners listen to this they'll have a little musical interlude and (laughs) we'll we'll jump (laughs) we'll jump straight back into it so no worries we'll we'll crack on so you were going to start talking about the the CAD software I think yeah so yeah so yeah with the cube I had some sort of sketch rough sketches on and then uh, about I don't know maybe end of September Mm -hmm. I I had a little bit of time so I started sort of working on it because obviously when you design something on screen it's sometimes quite hard to get a real feel for it without making one so I started printing a few revisions. I think I went through, I think I'm on about version 12 now, where before I was happy with it. So the various, you kind of print one, then you tweak a little bit and you print another little bit. Um, it's such a tiny body. It's amazing how many versions you can still need. But um, yeah, I wanted to make make it slightly different, which is why it's a, a 24 mil square frame. Um, I also wanted to make it as small as possible. Because I, I, the idea behind it for me was that it was something you would literally carry in your pocket, throw in a bag, um, because you get 52 frames off a roll. It's Most people don't generally expose a whole roll in a day. <laughs> so, um, or a week, or a month, or, or a, a year. Month, or a month. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> 
depends on how um, how adventurous you are. So mm. I, I, I wanted it to be a, a bit of fun. You know, you can experiment with things. You can you're not worried about you know wasting film, uh, and you can just try things out. I've, I've said to people, you know, you can sort of put it in. I've seen people with pictures on you know inside a flower bed on a on a wall on a fence anywhere, just random little places, and just see what you get. Um, so see, so yeah, it was end of November. I had a camera that I was happy with that I wanted it to look kind of a, a like it fitted in, in my sort of family of cameras. So it's got a very similar style in it. It's I say it's vinyl skinned with the sort of standard vinyl grippy vinyl that I use on all of my handheld cameras. Um, and it, it went down really well. I was, I was really happy with how people kind of how it appealed to people. I think mm-hmm. like say, cause it's, it's quite a cute little design. Um, so you've got um, it, d- does it does it click for the frame counting? Um, no, it's actually it's a, a rotating wheel. So it, we are, uh, inside the body, there's a sprocket that counts the sprocket holes on the film. Right. So as you wind it on, that oh. sprocket turns a wheel on the top of the body. Is that so? I'm staring at this camera now, and uh, <laughs> I mean. I don't know how big that hand is that's modelling it, but it looks tiny. <laughs> it's a very small camera. <laughs> uh, I so, haven't got one on me. I think it's about yeah, about fifty centimeters across, maybe at most. Yeah, I mean, I take I, I carry my my reality so subtle six by six, and that and that's a good, you know, that's pretty small. But obviously, yeah. that's six by six. We'll come on to talking about your six by six. But this is this is tiny, and it is, <laughs> and and so that little what I'm looking at the top which i thought was a bubble level but is that the counter in between the sight lines it's, it's got both so there's a bubble level between the sight lines and then the counter is actually on the rear face oh is it right so on the top at the back um it's beneath the acrylic top okay. plate right and it's like in... the film on the little wheel there's a single rotation for one frame um and there's a that's um, really, cl- that's a, really a, clever. a line marked on the wheel so like you, so if you don't have, if you don't have, exactly. yeah, sorry, if, Steve. I say if you don't have, if you don't have such a system or a clicky system, yeah, you you, you can guess, but you have to as the uh, as the film gets thicker, so it mm-hmm. you know the number of turns is not the same, is it? As you wind no. from one, and if you've got fifty-two frames to try and keep track of how many turns you do, and it's it's going to go horribly wrong. It is. So yeah, I mean, so the the role that. You know, I think the first role that we did. So when I was I was in I was in Chroma Towers with Chroma Dave, and we developed the first test roll out of a cube, um, and the spacing was basically perfect. It's Brilliant. you get about four mil between frames, so mm-hmm. a four millimeter consistent frame across fifty two frames. I'm, I'll take that. That's pretty good, that. isn't it? <laughs> and and it's kind of it's very. I say, I say you can't go wrong. It's very difficult to go wrong with it because you're literally just waiting, watching a wheel come round. Um, so, so long as you can look at lines, you're all right. All, all I recommend to people is that, and what I do is I always wind on to the next frame after you've exposed one because you're bound to forget if you have uh, or not. I think you have to, whatever you do, just do it consistently. And, and like, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm one for always winding on. And yeah. then if I have any self doubt and wind on again, well, okay, you, you. Yeah, you've wasted a frame, I suppose, but it's better than. <laughs> yeah, with the cube, it doesn't really matter. You've wasted you've wasted twenty four millimeter of film. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you um... so you've got some sight lines on as well, which is good to see. 
Yeah, so the sight lines on the top and the sides. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got a, a point of view from sort of three angles. Yeah. Um, the shutter is a very simple sliding shutter from the side. So did you think about shutter options? I mean that that little slide. So you, mm-hmm. I can see something poking out the side. That must be yep. the shutter, like a little tab. Yeah. So you're pulling that and pushing it to cover and uncover the pinhole, presumably. Basically, yeah. So you literally just slide. It's a smooth slide in acrylic shutter plates. Um, I did look at different ways, and obviously, there's, there, there are lots of different ways to do shutters. Pinholes yeah. kind of all fall in very similar brackets. You've generally got some sort of hinged plate that rotates out the way or slides, or you know, very few have particularly complicated shutters on them. Yeah. Um, certainly, they don't have sort of traditional SLR style shutters on them on the whole, just because. They're generally designed to be simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, t- I tried a couple of different ways and a couple of different methods, and always in the back of my mind is keeping my cameras sort of affordable as well. Yeah. So I try not to have too many parts that are, you know, custom machined or anything like that. It gets it gets quite expensive if you start looking at you know CNC machine parts and things. Um, but with the beauty of printing and acrylic and things, I, I I've got access to a laser cutter so I can cut my own parts. Um so the the sliding shutter I kind of I kind of ended up at that position with this sort of simplified slide and it it, it works really well. It does the job. Um the there's a magnet in, in, integrated in the shutter so it stays closed. Oh is so, it? Um, yeah Yeah well, the use of, the use of magnets has uh, have been really clever the way they've been incorporated into different, you know Different yeah. people's different offerings. I mean, some yeah. cameras seem to be just held together by them. Yeah, magnets are great. I think they're like they're like some sort of witchcraft. They're amazing. So, <laughs> and people, the pr- people laugh at me. They use a lot of magnets. The the problem with having a, a little shutter on the front, which goes up and down like yeah. a you know like a little drawbridge, is it can you know they can they can and do get activated in your pocket. Yes. You know? definitely. And that that was a a risk. Um, always a concern with with the shutter, sort of out the side as well you know mm-hmm. your pocket and stuff so yeah i on guess the reta- on the retail queue the magnet sort of does close it i mean to be fair i i, I don't think i've ever fired the shutter by accident yeah. trying to think I, I tend to carry a cube around say it's in my pocket or in the car or in a bag um and i, I don't remember particularly <laughs> wasting frames do you Again, um... Do you, do you share your results? I don't remember seeing Steve Lloyd's pictures in the Lensless Podcast uh, Facebook group. Um, I don't know if I have actually. I think all the yeah. people using cubes have. Okay. Um, I think I've been tagged in a couple, um, which I always like seeing. I, I love <laughs> seeing people using cameras I've built, um, because mainly because they they appear to be able to get out a lot more than I can. Yeah, sure. I'm kind of tied into the workshop most of the time. Yeah, you could have a lot of pictures of um, recording your day in the workshop, yeah. didn't you? which is fun. We did that with the first roll, actually. Um, early on, if you look on my Instagram accounts, when we first, sort of end of last year, when I first sort of launched the Cube, there, there's a, quite a few shots in there, and it's, it's me and Dave working on the benches and around and about the workshop, mm-hmm. because that's where I was. <laughs> no, they're great. We, um, we, we love... Um, Pictures of you know, environmental sort of portraits, yeah. people at work. You know, I think fantastic. Well, it's, it's that everyday stuff, isn't it? And I think mm-hmm. that's that's where having a small camera helps because it just 
I mean, I've got one sitting on the bench next to me, and it's just there, isn't it? It's... Yeah, and you're capturing capturing whole chunks of time as well. I mean, I know yeah. you are, you are with a normal camera, of course, but normally we're talking <laughs> about a sixtieth of a second or twenty fifth, but you know, or one two five or something. But here you're talking about proper chunks of time, aren't you? It's a proper yeah. time recording machine. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the 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 cube. If I both my cubes, I've got point two mil pinhole. Are uh, you making those? I think I know the answer to this already. But... <laughs> the pinholes. Yeah. 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 We 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 drill all those by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the smallest drills in the world. <laughs> so. Well, I use um, when I'm making some. I, I mean, I do make some pinhole cameras, but I, you know, it's a bit of a faff, really. And yeah. I don't. I don't enjoy. A lot of people just get, you know, get a lot of satisfaction from building them and using them, and yeah. I can understand it. And I've made a number, and I've got some very thin. I forget how many thou it is. Brass shim. Mm. And I, um, the way I do, I've spoken about this before, but the way I do, I've got a very, 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 very fine point that someone gave me. And I just rotate that to start with until I get a bulge on the other side. And then I start rubbing the other side with a bit of sandpaper until it just breaks through. And then I get one of uh, of those little cheap eBay drills that you just hold in your Mm. hand. I think they call them, do they call them? I don't know what Um, they call them. They're they're in a little packet. They're about two quid. Yeah. I mean, they're really brittle, you know, so yeah. normally I'm about 0.15 or 0.2, something like that, you know, for a for a medium, um, medium format camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just use it not to drill, but I've already got the drill there, the hole there really, but I just use it to almost ream out the hole, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, just to round it off a bit. Just to round it off a bit, yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we... yours more sophisticated than that, I guess. Um... <laughs> Probably not that well. We don't do it by hand like that. So basically, we no. use a high-speed drill and yeah. they're dental drill bits. Oh, are they? Yeah. So how many do you get through in a week? Um, quite a lot to be fair, because they don't last long. Um, no. The amount of times that you drill and it just pings off somewhere, never to be seen. The drill bit. So we we generally buy them in sort of packs of twenty bits at a time. Okay. Um, and yeah, we we'll drill a, a sheet. Mm-hmm. With like a hundred pinholes on it, we'll probably go through five or six drill bits doing that. Um, but it's it's a little bit of a a risk of drilling high speed, very fine through brass. Um, but no, they're all they're all hand hand drilled. Um, and yeah, the results we've seen from them have been good. So yeah, I'm quite okay. happy with them, which is good. So there again, there are lots of ways to make pinholes, aren't there? Some people laser etch and chemical etch and things like that. I used to pinholes from a, a another guy who, who handmade them, but I made the decision to sort of bring it in-house instead again, just to yep. sort of keep control of the whole process, really. Um, me and Dave work, <laughs> work through that. Chroma Dave. Chroma Dave. Okay, look, um, we, have we done the 24 by 24 to death? I think we probably have, haven't we? Yeah, so possibly. You... I think that's, it's, it's very <laughs> it's it's very cute, very small. And yep. if you if you if you're looking for a 35 millimeter square format pinhole camera, because why wouldn't squares just lovely? Then this is this is your baby, and I can see it's retailing for the whole 60 of your English pounds. So uh, you know it's a bargain. Go out and grab one. <laughs> and I think one of the comments I made when I first saw it, yeah, it's beautiful. But it's thirty-five millimeter. You really need, <laughs> you really need a one-twenty version. See, that, um, that's always the danger when people say things like that because then mm. the mind goes off designing them. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so its big brother is sitting next to it. It's called the 
Cube 66, because why wouldn't it? Medium format pinhole camera. And you're getting, I was going to say, you're getting more than twice the real estate. Um, now yeah. You are, aren't you? You must be getting more. And you're, yeah, only pay, yeah. you're only paying twice the amount. Nine pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a lot. You get you do get bigger frames, and I think. Yeah. So uh, on the on the basis of square footage, you're getting a bargain at 120 pounds. <laughs> yeah, compared to the baby cube, it's enormous. <laughs> it's um, yeah. I mean, coming back to what you said earlier about sort of image quality, and obviously with pinhole, you know, you you the bigger the bigger the negative, obviously it Im- improves the 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 overall image. I think. Um, you know, some of the work I've seen on large format pinhole is fantastic. You know, it, it well, yeah, I mean, I've got the Mike Walker. You know, to, can't oh, right. live, I can't. Who clearly doesn't live too far from you? Nope. Um, and I've got his Titan. In fact, there's a second one I've had. I sold the first one and then regretted it. You know what <laughs> it's like, and bought another one. I've got a couple of cans, and that can produce images that it, it gets so sharp. Yeah. So sharp that you think, well, it's not quite sharp enough to be a lens, but it's kind of too sharp to be a pinhole camera. And so sometimes I look at him and you think, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Am I happy? Is it? Is it? Because yeah. I think it should either be bitingly sharp or kind of not so. Not. You know? Yeah. So well, uh, I, get that. I think I think the challenge there, like Mike's going with that, is that it's a great camera. I think he's very much of a he wants the final image quality and he's done yeah. a good job on that he certainly on. has and I, and I love it it's the only yeah. large format one camera I've got I've had others but I've got rid of them and kept that yeah, yeah I mean I've seen work by the guy called Andrew Keedle who's done some great yeah work. he's been a guest on the show yeah. oh great yeah but he, he's he's used, a, he's used one of Mike's cameras as well and the results are oh, brilliant you know yeah. it, it's it very much starts to blur the lines doesn't it between a, the, a lens camera and there's a, a guy if you I know you don't really have time, do you? But if you have a look in, uh, well, not, not just you, Steve, but listeners, if you check out, um, he's going to be a guest on the show at some point, Vincent Sebastian. I think it's Vincent Sebastian. Okay. He's doing a lot of work with Mike's camera. It seems to be the only one he uses. And there's a lot of um, cemeteries in, I don't know where he is. I'm going to say he's in Central America or somewhere like that. Mm. I'm probably wrong. And he does loads of close-up of cemetery grave icons and things that people okay. leave and that. And I do double takes every time I see them because I think, wow, is that? Yeah. And then I realise it's Mike's camera, you know. (laughs) I love all that. I love people being able to deliver. Yeah, it's not even always about charters, but just deliver results that are that good from something that is so simple. Yeah. And, Uh, and of course, if if you've got a a desire to do large format, it's even cheaper than buying a, you know, a a Chroma large format camera, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, so uh, it's a good way in, and they, once you get the bug, then you can go and uh, see what other <laughs> uh, what other offerings are out there. Yeah, so the cube, the cube sixty six then. So, yeah. so you 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 were hassled by the community to. I was, yeah. Which to... I do get a lot of that. A lot of people kind of, which I love. Again, people, I get a lot of emails off people and messages <laughs> to Instagram and saying, yeah. "Oh, I've had this idea for a camera. What do you think?" Or this, you know, accessory. And sometimes I look at it and go, "It's not going to work." That, <laughs> and I'll I'll say that you know maybe because of X, Y, Z. And other times I go, do you know what? That that could work. That could be really good. Um, and the, the, the Cube 66, you know, whilst that, it's not the first medium for our pinhole, but it was a, it's a development of the baby where people ask, just like you said, the bigger real estate, the bigger negative, but the same sort of body style and handling. 
So the the cube the cube body, if you like, it is it is a, a relative of the six nine and six twelve bodies. They're they're all very similar design. So which I've wanted to try and develop this kind of chroma style with the cameras. So yeah, we I think it's good having a you know a brand a sort of consistent image style yeah. across the brand. Yeah, what what I this is uh, this six by six. I mean, I've got a couple of six by six cameras, and I'm tempted to say I don't need any more. Um, but actually, <laughs> uh, I I mean, I've I've seen this, but I haven't really. I've deliberately kept away from looking at it in detail because yeah. um, you know for for the yeah. obvious reason of, All the reasons, yeah. uh, of not wanting to spend any more money. But actually, this is really very innovative, isn't it? In- in- innovative. That's the word. <laughs> that's the word. Um, you haven't got any guitar knobs on the top. That's the first nope. thing I notice. Nope. So when you first look at it, I'm thinking, okay, I'm looking at the front picture and I'm looking at a sleek body, yep. you know, with a, with a nice coating on it. And it, it's got a, a filter thread, clearly. Uh, prob- uh, yeah, it prob- probably 52, oh no, 49 millimeters. 49. So that's, that's, yeah, I've got loads of those from my yep. old Olympus cameras. Olympus, so that's like, yep. like either that or 52 from Nikon seem to be the favorites. I've got no enforcing in the workshop, hence the 49 millimeters. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that makes sense. And um, you've got the sight lines, you've got yep. the little shutter of the same. Yeah. And then you've got this sort of thumb wheel on the side. Yeah. So basically, the, like say, the baby cube has a, I suppose what traditional knobs on the top, wind on knobs. Um, yeah. You got to rewind the film as well, so you got two knobs. With the with the medium format, obviously you don't need to rewind. So no. I sort of made the the design decision to only have one, obviously just one winder. Um, and the the slightly larger body than the baby gave me the opportunity to integrate that into the into the body line to keep it smooth on the top. Um, so yeah, so I've got a single um, ratchet wind-on wheel, so it, it won't turn back. So as you wind it, it on, so okay. So some people like to be able to wind back. I mean, yeah. I I can wind back with both my Terrapin Oscar, which is made by Todd Schlemmer. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he makes those available for anyone who wants to print them. But anyway, Absolutely. on th- yeah. on Thingiverse is that a th- that's a thing, isn't it? it? Is. That's a yep. Thingiverse is like a open source thing yeah, it's for... like a, an open source library of downloadable yeah. printable models i've yeah. seen the, the terrapins on there yeah, they look good. yeah well i met todd at uh, he came over to the uk for a pinhole okay. uh, for the world pinhole get get together get together a few years ago in norwich and uh, he made me one of his uh, terrapins He's, oh, okay. that's the one with a circle on the front with a finger hole in it and you move you just put your hole in the finger Put your hole in the finger, put your finger <laughs> in the hole, and move it round, and it uncovers the the, okay. the the lens, lens, the pinhole, and the then hole. you move it back. So it's very, very kind of intuitive, you know. And that mm. doesn't, that doesn't, that's very clever design, and that doesn't operate inadvertently, right. very easily anyway. So that's yeah, so, well, when it, there's so many ways to yeah, kind of, but do both the same thing. But both of those you can wind back. So one of the problems can be seeing the. Seeing the numbers, I yeah. I can't remember whether Ilford's gone a bit fady or yeah. Co- no. I think Kodak's still okay. I think Ilford, Ilford say, whatever their new backing paper is, maybe they changed their backing paper to try and get over this snow problem that everyone was giving yeah, them stick about. Possibly, I know people. Some people have said that it's a bit difficult to see. I mean, I, I've got, I think I've got a roll of Panef 
in the shop. I've got various roles for test roles, sort of knocking around the shop whenever I build every camera would test it with a roll through it kind of thing. But um But if you've got two knobs you can and you, you miss it, you can wind it back. <laughs> also, I use it for helping to keep the tension on the uh, yeah. on the ring. So does your design does it keep the tension on pretty yeah, well? Yeah, there's the tension is inside the camera, so on okay. the on the take up side. Um and on the rewind side there's there's felt liner inside to sort of add a little bit of friction on yep. the not rewind, sorry, on the on the film side if you like on the left um which holds the friction i've also got a, a hinge pressure plate on them so oh i saw that that's a that's a yeah i can see that that's on one of the photographs isn't it yeah so basically it's, when you wind it on the pressure plate keeps the film in place anyway um so that's going to help keep a fairly flat image as well yeah yeah so obviously with the with the baby cube the, the back door is hinged so it's a kind of a a traditional 35 mil style hinge door and um, wait for loading the film and you, you, know, you pass on but with the with the larger camera it, you, you've it, got a Leica like a loading I system i've got a full removable rear rear body basically um, <laughs> again mm. I've, I've built a hinge version but i just didn't like it so much it felt um it was hard to load basically just because again because i've always tried to make them as as compact as i could uh eventually you reach the point where it just it just becomes awkward. So I I'm, I changed to the the slide off rear body. Um, yeah. So again, you've got nothing in the way of loan. So you literally just slide off the rear body, which is held on with magnets, um, and then you just hinge the pressure plate out the way, and then load your film as as you would do with any other medium format camera. Um, well, you've certainly put a lot of thought and uh, design into. It. I mean, it is it is quite a bit different from any of the others i think that are out there so uh, well, well done well done you. You. The, the picture <laughs> one of the pictures got um three eyes on it which yes. is that for, is that for going back to andrew keedle and his yep. um his trichrome. trichrome we won't go into if you want to know what listeners if you want to know what trichromes are it's basically making a color picture from black and white film film yeah um, by shooting through primary color filtered red red Blue and green. Yep. Yeah. I think. That's right. So, and then one, one frame. So, clev- presu- presumably, you could combine them in the dark room, but I think people combine them using yeah. software and things. Talk to yeah. Andrew. I've got his book, Tripping on Trichromes. Yeah. And maybe maybe that explains it. I haven't looked at it properly it yet. Does. It's Andrew's fault that I I built that filter. Hold yeah, up. well, I mean, listeners, you can go back and listen to Andrew. He was a guest on the show last year sometime. I don't think he was into trichromes then. He was doing his color types, you know, which is like a sort of salt printing type uh, thing. Yeah. And he was getting he was getting back into his 6x17 large format camera, I think. Right, yes. And, um, He's done some amazing trichromes with that. Yeah, um, and then he start, suddenly started producing these weird color pictures. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it was now he's known as Mr. now he's known as Mr. Trichrome. He is, isn't he? But it mm. was people with the baby cube because they had that kind of freedom to experiment. There's a few Andrew and a, a guy in Berlin. I forgot, I've forgotten his name. Um, were basically um, taking the the filter adapter. So every every cube, the both the baby and the the medium format comes with a, a magnetic forty nine mil filter. Adapter. Oh, did it? I didn't ask about filters for the yeah. for the for the baby one. Yeah, so the base they both use the same filter adapter so oh i can see it yeah i can see it now you can buy an additional one for eight quid as well can't you? yeah if you lose it yeah so <laughs> someone got touched me today to that but um but yeah so basically the magnetic filter adapter means that they were 
obviously taking that off, putting the red filter on, refitting it, taking a shot, taking it off, putting the blue filter on. And they kind of gave me the idea of combining the three filters mm-hmm. into one mount. So that's where the, the trichroma yeah. came from. <laughs> I can see that. That's really clever. Um, oh, you should. I should. I knew I shouldn't have got you on this show because you. <laughs> goodness me, I, trichromes is one of those one rabbit hole. I'm not going. Yeah, I'm really not going down. <laughs> but um, but yeah, some of the work that Andrew's done on it has been brilliant. With the, I know. You know yes. that, but, yeah. So yeah, so that that that. So they 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 both have the they have integrated the same magnetic mount in the body as standard. Um, mm-hmm. So the filters are. The filter mounts are interchangeable with the trichrome adapters. It's a larger one on the 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 medium form IQ. The filters are larger. It's a much it's a wider angle frame. So yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so what's the um, what's the uh, I'm going to say focal length. You know what I mean. That, uh, it's um, thirty millimeters. Yeah. So that's bang in that sort of area of. I know the reality is probably a little bit shorter. Probably about twenty five. I think yeah, zero, I think zero right. image zero image is probably about. That size of yours, anyway. Yeah. They're all they're all they're all wide enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I think pinhole's one of those things in it. I, I don't know about everyone else, but I, I like wide angle anyway. But you sort of naturally gravitate towards well, wide angle because yeah, you can't. You, you do. I mean, I I've had this discussion a lot with guests on the show because we have had some guests on who use a much more uh, focal uh, angle of view that's more normal. Yeah. You know, yeah. more like your eye, and they yeah. use pin they use pinholes then in 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 a way that is probably harder to use because it's very, it is very easy, isn't it, to plonk your, your reality mm-hmm. so subtle or something or one of your cubes down in front of something close and shiny, you know? Yes. And, and we've all done it and it looks great, you know, and it yeah. does, you know. Um, but using, using it um, in a more traditional way, like Mike produces the longer cones for his... Yeah is tighter and i've got i haven't got the longest one which is 150 that's like a normal inverted commas focal length for large format i've got the 110 so it's it's only moderately wide you know and and i do struggle with it you know because like most people with pinhole cameras you know you you generally are presented with this huge wide field so you yeah. You kind of use, uh, and it, and of course, the sweet spot often is really very close to the yeah. to, to the lens. You know, you to the to the pinhole. You, know, you can put these things right close to something like cutlery, and you really can't tell if it's a lens shot or a yeah. Oh, or, space, um, isn't it? Yeah, but with them um, <laughs> with the ones that are more you know like a normal focal length, uh, it's a challenge. And where people have used them, I've seen some beautiful portrait work. Mm with you know nominal more normal focal length type uh, pinhole cameras and it can, and they can be re- used really well for portraiture wow i think it's quite hard i think the challenge is visualizing it isn't it when you're it is yeah blind, yeah you don't you know i suppose you, you can use a frame finder viewfinder sort of thing to get an idea of the field of view but you can yeah um no i'm i'm massively in awe of people who deliver work like that off pinhole i think mm. it's a real strip back challenge isn't it yeah i think we're all a bit guilty of being gear kind of gear heads and liking nice lenses and nice cameras but i think to be able to deliver that with a hole and a piece of metal is quite impressive <laughs> well there's um there's another chap who's who's been on the show not not so long ago nigel baxter you so mm. check out there's lots of people's work you should check out in the large okay. format photography 
uh, Facebook group. But Nigel uh, lives in Boston, and Nigel just uses his homemade pinhole camera, and he produces some cracking work with it. You know, <laughs> but he's so familiar with that camera, you know, yeah. Steve, and and so he can. There's nothing really that phases him. You know, it took him a, f- a few weeks to work it out, but now he knows exactly how what, what it's going to look like, you know, when he talks yeah. that camera down. I suppose that's the um, key with any photographer, isn't it? It's known your kit. Yeah, Whatever it is. you're using. It's, it's, if you understand your gear, I mean, I, I used to shoot weddings and portraits and things before I kind of became Chroma. And you have to trust your gear, don't you? And if, so long as you're comfortable with what you're using, you don't need to think about that bit. You can think about everything else then, can't you? And I think it's practice more than anything else. Yeah, so. it feel, fills me with horror, the thought of doing weddings, particularly in the old <laughs> days, particularly in the old days when you were oh, just using film. I've got all, all, all respect for people who used to shoot it on film. I used, I, I used digital and film. Kind of, I used to shoot slide film at the same time and Ooh. give people results on slide as well. Ooh, so, right, okay. Um, that was yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was the one day everyone was really happy. It was, it was always quite hard doing portraits in studios and trying to get people to be really happy when they're presented with a portrait in the studio. But weddings are great. Everyone loves the day and long days, but good fun. But um, well, now you that. now you could uh, you could go back to it now with uh, offering large format weddings, you know, and pinhole. There you go. If you <laughs> just something else for you to do if you're not busy <laughs> yeah. enough. There so to, I'll add it to my list of my let's um. Uh, one down. more, one more area to dive into, which I think is a is a yep. fairly new development. It's to do with your cues, but you're offering these. I say these. I don't know which ones you're offering. Maybe the six by six in kit form. Uh, yeah, it's actually the baby cube. It's the, it's the baby cube, is it? Actually, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, the new the new kit cube will be coming out this month. Um, I've just received the first batch of. 20 from simon probably yeah i saw those if you follow if you follow simon on instagram or yep. probably facebook as well he's been sharing pictures of uh, bits of the kit that have gone to you he has he's been working uh, hard getting them i know that's why it took him nearly a week and a half to get um to get the latest lfpp show <laughs> edited because he's been working on your <laughs> pinhole cameras He's been calling me for everything. You're, things. you're obviously paying him more than we do. <laughs> paying him? What's that? What do you mean? <laughs> paying people? <laughs> anyway. He does it for the love of the of the uh, of the art. <laughs> yes, I know. But, it uh, is. but yeah, so the the kit is uh, again it's a, a a development of the cube. So um, again, so the feedback from people that are quite keen to build their own, really, and and in combination of, of the the interest in people being hands-on. There's also the aspect of Chroma is literally myself and Dave. And as much as I try, there are still only 24 hours in every day. So um, the idea of giving people the chance to build their own camera and mean so that I can get them out to people is more it, quickly. Is it essentially the same set of bits that you would then build in in chroma towers for folks or have you had to rethink the desire I, to make it I've into a kit form? it slightly by basically simplifying a little bit so the mm-hmm. the retail camera now has got like a laser cut acrylic top plate um and also has aluminium wind on knobs so and the the winder wheel is a laser cut acrylic so what i've done is i've, I've redesigned the camera to be um to remove the acrylic top plate so again just simplifies it from a particle interview and the 
the winding knobs and the the wind on wheel are, are, are resin 3D printed, so it's a, it's a slightly different technology for printing. It's, it's not on the on the kits you're talking about now, are you? This is the kit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the kit comes with with those rather than the 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 laser cut acrylic part. So the only acrylic part in the kit is the shutter plate. That's the same as the as the standard as the retail camera, but the the rest of it is slightly different. It's also got the the same removable rear body as the larger medium format cube now. So mm. it's got the like a load sort of style as well now, rather than the hinge rear door. Um, How long does it take your average um, all thumbs non practical person to put it together? Uh, I'd say maybe an hour. It's okay. not. It's not a, a, a massively complicated camera, and the I've basically pre-assembled a few bits like the wind-on sprocket is already has a the a bolt fitted through it and things like that. So anything that's slightly is it, more. Is there any any gluing to be done? No, no. The, all you need is a uh, a, a standard Phillips head screwdriver, just okay. a small screwdriver. Um, the pinhole plate is already, uh, if you like, assembled. It's got a. It's got peel and stick on one side. It's got a velvet piece on the bill on the other side, so that's mm. ready to take out the pack and install. the The skin is pre cut, the vinyl skin, so that can be fitted yourself. Um, yep. It also the the vinyl the vinyl is backed, obviously, with because it's it's peelable. So that backing can actually be used to make your own skin as well. So it'd be quite interesting to see if anyone used that as a as a template to make their own skins for their cubes. Yeah, yeah. Because you um, can buy you can buy you could use that and go out and buy your sexy red leather snake skin or something. Couldn't exactly. You? So yeah. it'd be great to see people's own own ideas and own designs mm. and things. And just that, again, back and have a bit of fun. So I think this is the. It'd be I'm really looking forward to seeing how people kind of take the idea. I I work quite closely with Real Camera in Liverpool. Oh yeah. So they've they've been stocking snapshots and cubes mm. and have had a carbon. On the I've screen. not managed to visit that because it's not they're not right in the city centre. They're out on the outskirts somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, they're on cheap side. So it's about it's about a ten minute about yeah about a ten minute walk from the city centre. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, next time I'm there visiting, yeah, the little one, I'll yeah. uh, I'll have to try and. Look. But I don't think they open on Saturdays. Is that right? Uh, I think they do now. Do I don't they? Think they used to. I thought there was an issue with it. Yeah. Oh I well. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, I know they've got a great presence online, and I know they do yeah. some re- they do some repairs, but I think they might have wheeled road back a bit from taking some cameras so. in for repair because they've got so much to do. Yeah, they've got Newton Ellis in Liverpool having to do more repairs, but yeah. But yeah, so Chris, the manager over in Liverpool, I've, I've I've known him for a little while, so they, he's been stocking snapshots mm. and cubes, okay. so he's. I've been chatting to him about the kits and things, and I also I've been into a couple of local colleges um, on the Wirral here in Liverpool, and I've done a few talks for their with their photography students over the last sort of eighteen months, generally about the cameras. And I've gone in and I've just taken a load of cameras in so they can all have a play with them and try them. So the good kits, reaction, yeah, really good. It's been it's amazing because I mean I go in and speak to these guys, and, and they, they range from you know eighteen up to. 30s, 40s, sort of more mature students, uh, and there's a whole range of experience between them. I remember I went over to Liverpool College uh, about 18 months ago when the the tutor got in touch with me, and they actually backed my original Kickstarter. They've got a, a chroma there in the okay. photography department, but she, she was like, "Oh, do you want to come over and meet the students?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll come mm. and I'll come and have a chat and stuff." And I walked in, 
and they literally she introduced me and she went yeah this is Steve yeah bye and just left me to do like a, a two hour talk <laughs> off, I had to wing a talk on the back of it so um, so that was fun but, yeah well that was proper you were a proper ambush there weren't you yeah but, uh... I didn't mind but it was really good because I, I said to people you know who's used a film camera before and sort of one or two people put their hands up and yeah. I was like was it film or was it Instax oh it was, it was Instax sort of thing so it was quite good to get that kind of feedback from people who have never seen film or have never done it. You know, there's, um, and they love the cube. They this kind of little cube camera. So the idea of pinhole. So the kit is again something that came from talking to them that they're keen on using it within their sort of college courses. So they would build the camera and then go and use it and then develop the film and print it. Um, well, it's good to know that that's. Um, yeah, I mean, I know it's still going on in some schools. I mean, I did. Uh, I, I've met John Boyce, who runs John Boyce. John, yeah, it's John Boyce, isn't it? Mm. I think so. He's um, who runs Odyssey Devere, makes the four by five enlarges right. down in Brighton, and he's he's out most weeks, you know, servicing and installing enlarges for colleges. So it's obviously still, you know, still yeah, a thing. I'll... I was quite impressed how the two colleges, say one in Liverpool and one on the world in Birkenhead, they both had pretty full dark rooms, you know, sort That's of great. eight to ten enlargers and all the chemicals and that. It was great. And they they all used those. So, so yeah, so the kit kind of came about a lot from conversations with people like that as a, they, they wanted it to be a sort of a teaching experience, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm an engineer at heart. So being able to build something appealed to me. So I think, well, it, it, it probably appeals to other people as well. So the feedback I've had so far has been really good. People are quite quite excited about the idea of, of putting their own camera together that isn't a you know a snap fit basic camera. It, it it functions exactly the same way as the the retail camera does. And built it. I know I read somewhere that you were changing the way you're producing things now. I think you're making yes. things in batches. And making yeah. them available in batches, then you make another batch of something else. So people have got to just watch this space, haven't they? I guess. Yeah, basically, it was a decision I made. Uh, well, in the last month, to uh, up to now, I've worked on a, a lead time sort of process. So if someone ordered a, a snapshot, there was a, an eight to ten week lead time, or as they were, every camera was built to order. Um, I've never built cameras to sort of stock, um, which has, has gone well up to now, but they only. The only challenge for me has been more of a, I suppose, my own mental health in that sense that having lead times is great, but it becomes very hard because you, you never sort of get to the end of your build mm. sheet. So, which it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because I don't want to get to the end because that means people haven't ordered more cameras. But offering lead times is very difficult. Sometimes I've I missed those lead times, you know, that we've had delays on materials and parts and things you know covid hasn't helped so you know sometimes it's it's been a challenge to deliver within that lead time so i kind of uh, i chatted to a few other small scale manufacturers and looked at how they work and things and quite a few work on this this sort of batch style production so well i guess it sort of puts you in a bit more gives you a bit more sense of control as well doesn't it exactly yeah that 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 was exactly the reason really and that Mm. i i can say okay well you know, there's me and Dave in the shop. So th- this month we're going to make, you know, like this month I'm looking at, we're going to do 10 snapshots, the 20 yeah. new cube kits, mm-hmm. five, the, 10 of the other cubes. You know, we look at, I look at it from a, a production point of view from our side rather than a reactive 
what's going yeah. in, what have we yeah. got to build. And so folks, folks want anything, and, you, and your list of things that you're selling is, is quite long. Now, I haven't counted them, but there must be, <laughs> must be about um, 30 or 40 separate lines here. Yeah, uh, in, including some very. Oh, um, we're not going to go into this now because we're going to have to wrap up shortly. Mm-hmm. But the the, the um, graph lock, the Lomography graph lock, yep. which is uh, for the Instax wide folks yeah. will perhaps know um, an instant back that Lomography came out with. But they uh, have a spacer in it which you have to put on to compose, and then you take the spacer off. And you've yep. done something to make life a bit easier, I think, haven't you, for either um, large yeah. format camera users? Yeah, basically, I I was lucky enough to we beta tested one of the Lomo backs um, yeah. before they came out, and, and it, like I say that that space that comes in because the Instax development unit just adds twenty millimeters to the film plane. You can't get round that to the rollers in front of the film, um, so they basically put this spacer in underneath the ground glass, which moves the glass back by the same twenty mil. Yeah, you, you compose pulling out for your Lomo, which is fine, but it felt a little bit uh, lumpy to me. So when they first announced it, I sort of designed it straight away where it, my spring back on my large format cameras on the snapshot and the Carbon Adventure being 3D printed, it means I can make it modular. So my Loma Graph Lock adapter essentially mounts a spring back 20 millimeters further back. So what you can do if you fit that to your camera the ground glass is in the right place. You don't need to fit the spacer in it. Yeah. So you, you can focus and compose. And then you can just literally remove it. It's, it's mounted with the graph lock plates, the standard fits on all large format cameras. Yeah. Uh, you then remove it, put your Lomo graph lock in, take your exposure. But what you can then do is refit my adapter and use sheet film without having to refocus or recompose. Because, oh, right. Okay. Because it's basically mounting my spring back in the same plane of focus as the Lomo graph lock sheet film is in focus as well so mm. yeah using stacks as a as a preview frame a bit like you used to use peel apart mm. polaroid mm. Um, yeah well look the, the graph lock is one of those things i've again i've hovered over the buy it now button many yeah. many times and normally after an evening of drinking red wine but i've <laughs> I've, I've not done it yet because i'm a i'm a huge instant photography fan mm-hmm. and uh, but again it's rabbit holes and have, you know what are you going to yeah. spend your money on so it's great that someone like you has looked at it and said, I know a way of making this better. And, you know, and more power to your elbow, really, because, you know, you've come up with some awesome, Thanks. awesome products to help and innovate and give people ideas about, um, you know, moving forward with their photography. So, so well done. We're going we're gonna to draw the podcast to a close, uh, Steve, if that's, if that's okay. Yeah, Where can um, give out, to, here's the opportunity to give out your socials. Yeah, so obviously my website is just chroma.camera and mm. then on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, it's just chroma camera. So um, if you search for that, you'll find me on any of those uh, and you can get hold of me through that. I'm always, Brilliant. I do always do my best to reply as quickly to Yeah, them. no, you, I, I can, I can vouch for that. Whenever I've messaged mm-hmm. you, you've been, uh, you know, in between running kids around and <laughs> yeah. uh, being a busy general chap, you've, uh, you've responded. So, uh, so well done. Oh, Steve, thanks. thank you so much. It's really exciting. Oh, oh I didn't ask you the kit. Um, what, yep. What's that retailing for? Uh, that's going to be retailing for £60 to, to the, the retail camera that I build is the price is going to increase slightly. But the, ah, okay. The kit models are going to be sixty pound. 
Okay, brilliant. All right, um, Steve, thank you very much. Good luck and um, okay. onward, onwards and upwards. Yeah, cheers for having me on. Thanks. Okay, bye now. Thank you.